Welcome to season one of the Resilient Dad Show. When I became a single dad and had to navigate social parenting issues and the complexity of the family legal system, I felt confused and alone with nowhere to turn. That's why I've created the Resilient Dad Show, a place that I so badly needed and wish had been available during the grueling and challenging times of working through my own experience. This show will feature industry experts in mental health, social services, and personal development, along with Resine Dad role models, whose stories of overcoming the challenges of co-parenting will create a new vision for the life you and your kids deserve. If you have any questions or want to suggest a future guest on the show, please visit resinedad.fm for more information. Hi guys, it's Patty from Resilient Dad, uh, and on today's episode, we're uh, privileged to have uh, Lucas Marino, a um, an excellent and uh, resilient uh, dad role model. And um, yeah, Lucas, uh, thank you very much for for coming onto the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Pat. It's uh, it's an honor to be here and uh, and a blessing, and I, I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, it's. Um, you know, when I was uh, introduced to yourself and when I was told about in terms of, you know, the things that you've um, gone through in terms of with uh, fatherhood and um, being a great role model to your kids, I thought, well, you know, you'd be a great example to uh, for the guest. And uh, I'm sure the guest will get a lot of today's episode. So um, do you mind sharing a bit about in terms of, you know, your journey so far as in terms of, you know, especially the early days, um, as, as a dad. Yeah, absolutely. I pre, pre, again, appreciate everyone tuning in and listening and taking the time to, to, to learn a little bit about this crazy little trip I took to become a dad. I was in the, I was active duty in the U S uh, military. I was in the coast guard and I was a, a sailor. So I spent most of my time at sea and as um, kind of doing, you know, it's a di- it's a dangerous mission being in counter narcotics and being on the ocean is kind of yeah. dangerous anyways, but it requires that we're gone a lot. Right. So when I was young, yeah. newly married and uh, active duty and we wanted to start a family, we knew there was going to be a hardship involved in parenting uh, with my deployment cycles. And I was averaging about 200 to 250 days a year deployed. Um, wow. our deployment. Yeah, it was crazy. Our deployment cycles were anywhere from 60 to hundred days at a time. So, you know, you were gone for two to three months, uh, at a time. I think the longest I was gone was 110 days. Um, I left in the spring and came well, that, home that's... in the beginning of the fall. <laughs> it's like, Dude, that's um where'd the summer go that's insane <laughs> yeah but yeah. um <laughs> you know i used to i used to have to be i was i was the third in command on the ship so i was in a mentorship position over other young men and, and women that were in a similar situation yeah. it was really hard on them as young parents because they hadn't spent yeah. enough time doing this to reach a point of acceptance and maturity with it and i had had some time at that point um, kind of coming to grips with the lifestyle and this is what we do and this is our decision. And it is an all voluntary yeah. service, but, um, you just kind of figure out how to manage it and it's not easy, but you do make it work. Um, yeah. and so I had established that career before we had children and 
I just the way the career path takes you, it's like deployment, land, deployment, land. And my land tours were gone just as much as when I was on a ship. So I was traveling all yeah. the time. So my wife and I like joked around and said, you know, one, one year you'll finally be home, you know? And <sighs> it was, uh, it was interesting because the times I was home when I was on land, I was putting myself through school at night to try and make a better life for the kids because I grew up in a, in a very blue collar family. My parents, um, yeah. you know, they weren't able to send us to college. They didn't, we didn't have money for that kind of thing. So as a young man, I was told very early, like, Hey, you're going to have to work hard. You're going to have to do extra. You're going to have to go, you know, further than most people want to go to get to the things you want to do. And my dad yeah. always set that example for us. Like he worked three and four jobs. If I wanted to hang out with wow. dad on the weekend, I had to go to the construction site. Right. Like, and work with him. Yeah. He was an electrician. So we would run, yeah. yeah, I would run wire, you know, drilling studs and helping the yeah. guys clean the construction site and all that stuff growing up. Um, and yeah. that was kind of programmed into us at a young age. So by the time I got in the military yeah. and I was, I already had some coping mechanisms for <laughs> like, well, the hard work has yeah. to happen and hard the time work. has to happen. Right. Um, but yeah. it was hard on my wife because and I would, leave for so long at a time. And how old were you when you started, you know, working with your dad on the weekends and probably seven, seven, seven or eight years old. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, Italian family, New York city. So yeah, that, that, that's, you know, I I think that's awesome because I'm similar in terms of, I, you know, I remember at that young age, you know, my parents had a, uh, actually a plastic bag manufacturing business and dad was working 24 seven pretty much. And so I remember that, you know, um, that I'd be going there. I'd probably wasn't as much help as I thought I was, but I'd be, you know, packing boxes and or moving a box. And, um, you know, by the age of 12, 13, I was concreting on my school holidays. I, I wasn't, it wasn't that I wasn't allowed to have school holidays or have fun, but it was, I was encouraged to, to go and, uh, help, um, you know, well, I think it was a family friend or so, so yeah, it's, um, and I, I think that instilled yeah. great work ethic in myself, uh, that it's, it's natural for me to, you know, six days a week, um, was, you know, in, from quite a young age, um, was, was kind of a common thing. I, I kind of felt like I had a long weekend if I was yeah. not working on a Saturday, yeah. um, but I, I think that definitely helped. Um, and, and obviously that's, that's, um, passed on to you with saying how hard your dad worked yeah. to, um, obviously support the family. And I think it was great that, um, he showed you that, oh, that yeah. example from such a young age. Yeah. And, and he was really big about, um, trying to show me even young that he, he had a good upbringing, but it wasn't as good as what he was giving us. Right. And he didn't do that yeah. to say, look what I'm giving you. He did it because he wanted to show us that no matter what you inherit, no matter what you have, you have the opportunity to make it what you want it to be and to make it better. So his generation grew yeah. up, you know, these guys were kind of hard, hardcore. They weren't going to hug you and tell you they loved you and they weren't going to kiss their sons and they weren't going to do those kinds of things. And my dad made a point of being like, that bothered him growing up that he didn't get that kind of attention yeah. from his dad. So, but he didn't 
he wasn't angry about it, but he decided to do something about it. So he made a point of telling us like, Hey, yeah. so, you know, I love you and it's good to spend time with you. And that was cool. Yeah. And, but he would also tell us like, Hey, I didn't get that growing up. So appreciate that. <laughs> it's like, so we didn't grow and, up um, thinking that was like everybody, you know, had that, yeah. but um, it made us appreciate the fact that he put forth the effort to change Right. Because I yeah. think a lot of dads get stuck in this. Well, I was raised this way. So I have to just copy and paste that to the way I raise kids. No, dude, that's not, that's not the way it goes. All right. Yeah. You, no, and, um, you know, your dad having the insight um, and the ability to, to not go with the, the trend of, you know, well, I can't show emotions. Um, I know, you know, my, uh, you know, my grandfather, my nonno, like he was very sort of distant. I, you know, my mother would always say that he didn't really have that bond with, you know, yeah. her or my uncles. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was quite sort of foreign to have that sort of that connection, that sort of fatherly sort of connection outside of this is what he has to do. And, you know, and, and, and so forth as his responsibility as a, as a father. Um, so, and then how did that sort of, you know, coming into your situation and wanting to bet yourself and, you know, having a fa young family and, and night school, how, like, what was that like in terms of what was your sort of fo focus or mindset at that time that, you know, this is, this is what you need to do? It was, um, <clears throat> it was a, I don't know. It was kind of funny because it, when you're that age, you don't think of like, I wasn't as conscious, at least I wasn't, I wasn't as conscious about what I was doing yeah. uh, as I am today because I was younger and I was still trying to, you know, just get somewhere where I didn't, I, I knew I had to keep progressing. The military gives you a very well-defined path of what they determine a successful career looks like. Yeah. And so I just kept pushing for those milestones. So I was very focused on trying to make my career the best I could because I could then provide for my family better. It came with a better salary. It came with better options for where we were going to live. Uh, the happier, you know, trying to create that happy balance in life where if I'm satisfied with my work life and my family life, I'm a better dad to my kids kind of thing. And yeah. you're figuring that as you go along. I think a lot of young guys kind of take, take on too much when they're, they're like, Oh, I have to figure all this out now. No, dude, I literally just went like one foot in front of the other and thought about like, what's one or two years out. And I just kept pushing for things that I saw other people just not, if it looked hard to them, it was attractive to me. So yeah, it was like, I don't know, that was probably that old school, like work mentality, right? Like, so I got in and I remember working really hard and my chief was like, who's, was one of my bosses. He's like, what are you doing, dude? He's like, calm down a little bit, man. You're like, you're going to burn out. I'm like, no, I'm good. This is normal. Right. So yeah, I just ought to, we had already started out on that kind of footing, but as I progressed, I started to realize what other adults are like. And a lot of people just come to work and do the bare minimum. And I was like, yep. that's just not me, man. So just the, but it creates a problem because you then try and balance that with like a healthy home life. Yeah. And it gets dicey when you don't have, like I could use the crutch of I'm in the military and I have to be deployed and I have to work this hard because that's my job. That that's like a blessing for the military to have that 
but it's also a curse for you because you can easily use that as a crutch. Like, well, of course I have to work this hard. Of course I have to do all this. Yeah. When you're home, you don't have that restriction. You have to be more conscious that like, look, I, I could literally stop working right now and go see my kid. Like that's a real thing. So in some ways, me being deployed made it easier for me to have that lifestyle of just like, go, go, go. And yeah. and, other, and it also gave me an excuse to be that way, which a lot, not a lot of guys are like acknowledge that or even want to admit that. But it's true. I, I had an excuse to be able to work that hard because they provided me the opportunity and I didn't have, this is going to sound terrible. I didn't have a distraction of having to drive yeah. home, right? Like, and and flip a switch and be in a different mode with different people. I was like in an environment that's enclosed, isolated, focused. And that gave me the ability to kind of do that. Now it became really hard for me when that, that ends, right? Like, Hey, you're done with your tour on the ship. It's time to go to land and you go ashore. And now you have the benefit of a normal, somewhat normal lifestyle. And it's hard to flip the switch. And that's yeah. not just exclusive to people in the military. That could be anyone who's used to just working those types of hours and doing that kind of work and being that focused at something like you have to be able to develop the capability of saying, all right, I need to flip this off so I can go do something that's even more important, which is that spending yeah. that time with my kids, spending that time with my wife, because in the end, my military career was going to be over one day yeah. and the job I did was going to be over one day and all those things were going to be over one day. And my family, you know, that's really that's really what my life is about. So yeah. I had a, I had a day where I was sitting at the dinner table with my family and my kids were young. They were like a two-year-old, a four-year-old and a six-year-old. And wow. I had never been home longer than six weeks with them. Like yeah. for years, right? For as long as they'd been alive. And I finally got off a ship and they sent me to college <laughs> as, my, as my job, right? And yeah. I'm sitting there and I'm eating and I just stopped eating. I was like, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be somewhere else. Like this, like I started you getting anxious. Not. Yeah. Where I'm supposed to be somewhere. Where am I supposed to be right now? And what I realized was my body was telling me it's been six weeks. It's time to go. Wow. And I was just like programmed. I didn't even consider that. And I had already left the ship. I had already checked out. I already like flipped it. Like I'm in a new job, but yeah. internally my clock was still wired. It was like time to go time to do thing. And you have to, you have this coping mechanism that says, got to go turn it off, turn this on. And I guess, like you said, the ability to switch off and actually be present to be able to spend yeah. that quality time with, you know, your family and your kids. Yeah. Um, I know for me, um, during those times where I was, you know, heavily working, you know, whether it's six, seven days a week, I think I did that for about three, four years straight because you're trying to build uh, a future for your family. Um, it was really hard coming home and then yeah. actually being present and spending yeah. that time with your wife and kids, not thinking about, oh, there's this that I've got to do and, you know, I've got these people that are going to make sure that they're there tomorrow and, and so forth. So, and I'm assuming it would have been, you would have had, even though you had the ability to switch off because of your duties, it also would have been hard to, to be able to, in your mind also, you know, cause I'm sure you had your kids and your family and your wife on your mind, uh, regardless oh, yeah. of you being out on sea. So what were the, some of the things that helped you sort of, stay focused as such 
and not, um, you know, dwell or feel, feel bad. Um, because I know, you know, it's, it's very easy to yeah. feel bad as, as, as a, as a dad because you feel like, well, I, this is what I'm meant to be doing because, you know, I'm either, you know, provider of the family and, but also yeah. like, you know, you want to be there, um, and be present in, in your family's life. Yeah. I tried to show my kids that what we were doing was unique. Um, it helped people. It was for something bigger than just us because yeah. I think that helps them understand the same thing we tell ourselves to do that job. You know, it's like, it's yeah. not just for me to understand that it's for them to understand that. And I wanted them to see like, Hey, look, I don't just leave you. I leave you because I have to, because I can give us this really good life, but think about what I'm doing while I'm gone. You know, I get to do something that makes our life better, not just yeah. financially, but it makes our life more secure. And it's, it's a unique opportunity to serve other people, serve our country, serve, our, serve our family. But at the same time, um, look, dudes, you know, talking to my kids, you're it, you're the most important thing in my life. Even though yeah. I love my job, it's nothing compared to you guys. Like you're my whole world. So this is temporary. What daddy has to do is temporary and I'm making it temporary. I'm not planning to keep doing this forever. And yeah. I made him a promise. I was like, as soon as we can make, you know, I'm going to take advantage of the opportunities we have, but I'm prioritizing yeah. you guys with as soon as I can, I'm coming home. As soon as I can, I'm with you. And when I'm home, it matters. So I made sure that like, I mean, I'd be tired. Of course I was tired. Yeah. But nobody cares that you're tired. It's your problem. No. Right. Like, and I had to tell myself that like, I'm going home and I'm going to spend time with my kids. The last thing I want them to remember when they grow older is that my dad didn't hang out with this when he did have this little bit of time with this. Like, I want to make that time count. And that was kind of my thing yeah. with everything, whether it was work or time with the kids or time with my wife. Like you've got this precious time together, make it worth something. And worrying about something I can't change, like just sitting around dwelling about not being home doesn't get me yeah. home. Right. So I stopped worrying about the things I couldn't change. I tried to make the things I did have better and just yeah. focus on like making it as good for them as possible. My kids now they're older and it, I mean, they don't, none of the other sailors want to hear this. Like when I used to tell my guys, Hey, look, do this while your kids are young. They won't remember you were gone. They'll remember you left, but they won't remember you were gone. Right. Yeah. So it's harder on us as young parents than it is on them as young kids, uh, right up yeah. until about middle school. Okay. About middle school, they really start to understand more because they're growing, they're more mature. So, yeah. you know, when they're little, they know you're gone. They don't like it. They make you upset about it. They want, they, you know, <laughs> but reality is, they don't have the attention span and they don't have the concept of time and all that stuff to really that understand. Oh yeah. my gosh. I talk to my kids now and they're like, how long did you used to leave for? Like they have no concept, wow. you know, and I can tell you to the yeah. day, like patrol periods I had. Yeah. And they, it's harder on us than it is on them at that age. But yeah. when they get older, it becomes different. Like teenage boys. No way, dude, you can't be gone like that. <laughs> yeah. Nah, nah, <laughs> they need you. Definitely. And yeah. me having three young boys, um, one of the greatest things is to make sure that I have the ability to control my time and, 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 you know, 
the life that I have so that, you know, I can be there, um, for my boys during those, yeah. you know, th- those years, especially because I remember, um, you know, through my teenage years, it was quite, you know, challenging for my parents. Um, you know, I had two young brothers, um, the, the sort of the brother under me, Christopher, um, he had a disability, he had cerebral palsy. And so he was very sort of high need. And, um, so I would always see parents there, you know, supporting their kids on the weekends at sport and, and so forth. And it was like, you know, you know, like I know my parents did the best they could, but I'm going to make it my, my in terms of, you know, my duty to make sure that I'm able to create that life and, and do the early, you know, the hard work early. And, and that's always something I always said, said to my wife, like, it's not forever. Um, and even though you say that it can be challenging and, and hard, um, but you, you know, it's, I see it as, you know, uh, one thing that you mentioned to me earlier was being, being a dad is your greatest responsibility yeah. and honor. Um, and, and I always, you know, it helps me as a guide, you know, having my boys in my mind when, when I'm doing something, cause it's like, well, am I, am I spending my time wisely, um, either with my mission and purpose in life or spending the time with, you know, the people that I love and, you know, my kids and, and so forth. And, you know, when you being, your kids being so young, what were some things that you, you did to, to make them sure, you know, make them feel that, that, you know, they were your world, um, and that, you know, they were important to you. Um, well definitely make, you know, obviously the, the, the same stuff you hear people say all the time, like be present, you know, all that stuff is really important. I mean, it's the little things, but we would, I would make a point of verbally expressing to them how much I appreciated who they were, how much I love them, how much I missed them, how much I love to be around them. I didn't, I didn't want them to have to wonder how much I care about them. I wanted them to know beyond a shadow of the doubt. And I wanted them to understand that, you know, my kids are my, are going to be my greatest legacy. Right. So as a, as a, as a young man, you know, it, it's not going to be my military career. That's not, that's not going to be the greatest gift. I leave the world. You know, yeah. I own two businesses now. That's still not going to be the greatest legacy I leave for the world. What my kids can do is a force multiplier for what I could do. Right. So they're going to be able to yeah. accomplish three times as much as I possibly could in the world. Well, beyond when I'm gone. So I looked at yeah. it as like, look, you know, my kids are my greatest legacy and the way to nurture that is just to give them the best upbringing I can. And it's yeah. no pressure. I don't, I'm not telling them, Hey, you're going to be my legacy. So make sure you don't screw it up. <laughs> I don't do that. But I tell them, look, you know, I want you to see that compassion wins. I want you to see an ethical human. I want you to see somebody that loves you. You never have to worry about whether someone loved you. I want you to see that you can do seemingly impossible things, right? Because yeah. And it, it, it could be a different story for everyone. I make sure I told them, tell them a whole bunch of stories. I tell them stories. I don't even want to hear any stories anymore. They're like, dude, <laughs> you always got a story. I'm like, well, I want you to understand the history of your family, you know, like, cause they, they know now like, Oh yeah, he's got his doctorate. Yeah. That didn't just happen. That took me years to do. And I did it yeah. when everyone else wouldn't right? like when they wouldn't take the time 
to stop partying or save their money or then they wanted yeah. to stay up and play video games or whatever. I went to school. And when I've reached one milestone, I said, I'm not done yet. And I went right into the next one without skipping a beat. And I told my kids, I want you to see me doing this. I would sit at yeah. the kitchen table in front of them so they could see me working. They saw me sleeping on the couch and staying up all night. They saw me yeah. doing this. I wanted them to see it because my mom taught me that. My dad taught me that growing up. Like it's, it's hard to do these things. Yeah. You need to see that so that you can appreciate it so that when you get older, you know what that sacrifice looks like. So I wanted to set yeah. it like a living example for them. Not just a, you know, yeah. not a do as I say kind of person. Um, it's more like a do what I do. And I wanted them to understand, like, you have to have empathy for other people. Yeah. That's not, that's not me. That makes you more of a man, not less of a man to be able to look at somebody and have compassion. If I, if we're out together and we walk by somebody that needs help, I help them. And, and I tell my kids, hold on a second. We got to help this person. And, you know, I want them to see that you, you have a place to make things better. And it's not just military training saying, you know, leave something better than you found it, which is what they, you know, they taught us and ingrained in us. Yeah. Why is that such an honorable thing? That should be normal, right? Yeah. Like live an honorable life, live a, a life worth living. Cause you don't know what's going to happen a year from now, a week from now, whatever, yeah. you, you know? So I try to show them that like, look, love the people that you have in your life to love, be grateful for all the things but don't make life about things. Be grateful for the people you have in your life. Understand the history of your family. And this is, and then show and see what it is to be a good person. And I show them examples of bad people. Yeah. You know, I don't hide them from that. A lot of people like to you know, like keep their kids away from reality. I'm like, nah, man, we got to talk about this. You have to see this because it helps them have a baseline understanding of now they really understand what that good example you showed them was about because they see what the opposite is, or at least, you know, something yeah. different that's less desirable. Um, they have to, they have to understand that. So long story short is I wanted them to see, not just hear yeah. what, it, what I wanted them to be when, when they consider what it means to be a good adult. Cause I have a daughter yeah. and I spent a lot of time with my daughter. I want her to see what a good man should be like for her. Right. Yeah. It's not just about raising my Absolutely. boys to be good men. I got to raise her to go pick one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, no, yeah. And that's, and that's, you know, it's great that you're not about just telling them in terms of what's, what's good or what's, you know, important in life. You're actually being yeah. that example and, and you're walking the walk. And I think that would definitely, help you know your kids because it's like well dad's you know he shows compassion to people that need help he's all about service and helping people and um you know he's he's real about what other you know the things in life that aren't so you know great um yeah and so like with how do you have you seen you like being that example and sort of showing that your kids those experience how have you seen that sort of show or be present in your kids, like how they, how they are. How they've kind of responded to it. Yeah. Like in terms it's, of. Yeah. It's funny because they're three unique people. So one of the things I think is sometimes hard is sometimes I got to check myself on this. Like I try not to expect them to be anything other than who they are. Yeah. Right. Like they're, they're unique. I mean, even the three of them are like, they're, I mean, they're obviously siblings. You can tell, 
but they're very unique. They're very different from each other. And so they've all been given the same upbringing in the same house with the same two parents, but they have three different like sets of lives. Like they have different aspirations, different personalities, different goals, different ways of looking at things. And what I'm looking for out of them is like, are they responding positively? That's it. Because they might respond positively, but in different ways. So my daughter, she's like artistic and outgoing and all these things. And my one son is like super intelligent and kind of quiet and always optimistic and fun, really caring kid. And the other kid is like your typical 15 year old, like, dude, he's trying to find his way. He's going through all the, you know, the difficulties of like, being in that really tough time period. And I make sure that I treat each of them differently because they're in different places. And I expect them to respond differently because they're in different places. So like my 15 year old, I'll sit down with him and say things with him that I don't say with the other two. I'm like, look, dude, you're handling 15 way better than I did. Like, good for you, man. And yeah, he's, I'm not going to expect him to respond much because it's just not the way that works at 15. He's not going to respond much. He'll be like, okay, you know, (laughs) But I know five years from now, that's going to matter that he heard that. And my 12 year old, I'll talk to him. He's super responsive. So I try to listen to them in their own unique way. Like I don't expect my 15 year old to react the same way, but I kind of judge how effective all this is on their behavior when they don't think um, that I'm directly observing them. Right. So like just the decisions that they make, you can kind of tell if things are sinking in or not. Like, if my, if they, if they're volunteering or not, if they're going that little extra step, if they're doing something uh, that maybe the other kids aren't thinking about doing to set an example for someone else in their life, we got a call one day, it was probably not a great call to get, you know, from, from people at at the school, but my, my son had just gone through his first day in a new school and his teacher called and said, Hey, I don't think you're going to have to worry about Gabe. He's going to be just fine. And we said, Oh, Everything okay? And she said, yeah, he kind of like turned around and ridiculed a bunch of the kids in class today that were acting up. And I was oh, wow. like, <laughs> he stood up. She's like, yeah, he was upset that they weren't like welcoming the new kids to school and, and they weren't paying attention and being quiet. And I'm like, oh God, like, what did I create? He's, you know, he's like a, a little cop in class or something, That's, but yeah, you know, part oh, of me awesome. was proud. Yeah. That he stood up when he thought something could be better or right. And he said something instead of just letting it go. And I'm like, all right, well, that's cool. You know, but my 15 year old would have never done that. Yeah. Ever. Different different personalities. Yeah. I'm just looking for each of how them, like how each of them respond to it in their own unique way. And if it's a positive response for that person, right. How they are wired and built. And my daughter will tell you, she'll express very openly if she's, happy or sad or whatever but the other my two boys respond very differently you know yeah you got to kind of just be in tune with them so it's hard to do that if you don't know them just saying you got to really know your kids or you're gonna have a hard time time. yeah Yeah. you're gonna have a hard time doing that um yeah so and i'm assuming that there would have been times where you thought you had it figured out but in terms of, you know, <laughs> it's like they change and evolve so quickly. It's like, shit, I've got yeah. uh, to look at things uh, a little bit differently. Yeah. And it's good to be able to tell them, look, I know you better than you know yourself. You know, they need someone yeah. to be able to tell them that. Like I've been, I've literally been with you since the day you were born and I know what you're capable of and I know who you are and you're doing good, man. Or 
you're cutting yourself short. And it's okay yeah. to hear that. And I'll tell them just like that. It's okay for you to hear this. You could be doing better. Yeah. How can I help you do better? Like, what do you think would be better? I could try to like challenge them a little bit because yeah. they can't just be left to think that they're, you know, that they have to worry about what other people think. Who are those other yeah. people? You yeah, know? exactly. It better exactly. be the right people. It's not yeah. just anyone. Like worry about what the right people think. Yeah. Yeah. If it's, I don't want to let my parents down or my boss down, you know, but I respect those people. I want to show them there's a mutual respect and you're, you're yeah. putting that importance on that person because of the respect you have for them. And and it's a mutual respect. It's not just because of their position power or um, because it's the popular thing to do. Now, man, when I tell you to make good decisions, I'm telling you to make good decisions because they're the right decisions for you. Yeah. In the context of your life. So it might not even be what everyone else needs or thinks is the right thing, but it's the right thing for you right now at this point in your life. And you know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. So why are you yeah. doubting that? Why are you going in a different direction? Be stronger. Yeah. That's strength, right? Like sometimes being Absolutely. strong is doing the thing other people don't want to be doing right now. It's weak to just go with yeah. the flow sometimes. And obviously that shows in, you know, your son's attitude and, and his actions by standing up and, and not worrying about, you know, especially being a, a new kid at a school. Um, uh, you yeah. know, I, I think I, I changed three years in a row, uh, three new schools. And I know that that's, that's really tough for a new kid uh, going into a new environment. So I could imagine, you know, that you, you must have really guided <laughs> your son to have that confidence to stand up for what's right and, and not worry about what other people think. Cause I think a lot of the times we lose what's really important to us because we think that, you know, we have to be a certain way to, to be part of the herd as such, um, to be accepted. But, you know, I think it's great what, you know, the example that you you know, be yourself and be confident in that. And as long as you're a good person, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's actually a great thing. I tell them it's harder to be yourself than it is, you know, sometimes and to be honest with yourself and, and kind of push some of that stress away and some of that influence away um, than it is to just go with the flow sometimes. And and that takes some courage and it takes a little bit of effort and honor. So what do you want to be? You know, when you go to bed tonight, are you going to be proud of what you did that day? Or are you going to be, you know, and that's kind of heavy stuff to be talking to a 12 year old about, but my son gets it. So my mom yeah. was really funny about like, if you're old enough to ask, you're old enough to know kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so if I see he's ready for it, I just give it to him. You know, I'll try and fill his oh, cup as much as I can. I'm like, let's go, dude. I get it. We got to, we got to test this a bit. And I also like leave them. I lead them through a lot of questioning. What do you think about right. this? What do you think about that? You know, like to try and get them to think critically about things, not just take whatever I give them, not just yeah. like, it's not just one way communications. They got it. I want them to use their brains. Yeah. Uh, no, that, that's, yeah. that's great. And so, you, you know, in terms of where you are now with your, so you've got two businesses that you mentioned that your two training companies and, um, you know, I, I, can you tell us a little bit more about that and, and in terms of what you, you see with, leadership and, and yeah. the people that you, that you help, um, you know, some of the challenges that they face is in, in whether it's dads moving into that space yeah. of wanting to better themselves and, 
and so forth? Yeah, I think um, I think the sacrifices that I had to make in the military were set me up really well to be an entrepreneur because, yeah. man, is it hard being an entrepreneur and launching businesses? I mean, you're you're by yourself a lot of the time. You're working long hours. You have to know yourself to really do this well without causing problems. And I think that having gone through some of that already in the military prepared me well for this, but I could see where I easily would fall back into that crutch of like, it's okay to just work till midnight every night. No, it's not right. Like, yeah, it's, it's necessary at times, but you have to know when to to turn that on and turn that off. right? Right. And I want my kids to see that, like, like I've taught them about money as I've stood up businesses. I'm like, let me show you what fun flows do. Yeah. Like, you know, like let's use these as learning examples. I actually challenge my kids all the time. I'll say, Hey, you want to make some money today? Opportunity's yeah. knocking, dude, you taking it or not? And yeah. they'll look at me and I'm like, might not be here tomorrow. And they, you know, give them, give them an opportunity to get involved a little bit. Um, I try to, I try to show them just like I did then. I try to show them now how hard it is to do this type of work, but how rewarding it is. And there's a reason why it's worth doing. Um, yeah. and, and I want them to understand there's a lot of, there's a lot of give and take, no matter what you do, if it's worth something, it's going to be, it's going to be challenging, right? Yeah. The, the hard things to do in life are oftentimes the things that produce the most fruit for you. So yeah, it's not going to be easy is kind of the short story for them. And they've seen it. They got no excuses when they walk out of this house, they saw someone do it in public service. They saw someone do it in, in business. I did it as a government contractor. I've done it as a small business owner and I want them to see that now for the dads out there. It's, it's different, right? Like when you're building something, um, if you can get your family involved in it, that's really cool. Like my dad actually works in my company, which is amazing. Yeah. I'm like, dad, don't go work for some other company. Come work with me, man. Let's do this. And he's like, all right. And, but we're, you know, when you have a work relationship with someone in your family, yeah, it requires a, a very delicate balance. And it's actually a really rewarding thing if you get it right. Right. It's not like, yeah. We don't have to feel like he works for me. And I, I just think about all the stuff I did in the military, like leadership to me was always like someone not having to exert like some type of position over you. They, they made you want to oh, yeah. work with them, want to yeah. work for them. You go to the end yeah. of the earth for them. They, you wanted to do things for those people because of the type of person they were and the relationship they formed with you. They yeah. formed it with you. It wasn't just something you constantly pulling for and they never gave it back. Right. So, yeah. you know, those examples of like really good leaders, if you carry that into your business life and you realize like everything's about relationship management, everything yeah. is about relationship management, be selective in the people you work with. Cause you're showing your kids how to select relationships with yeah. business partners, um, people that you involve in your life in significant ways. I introduce them to them. I want my partners to see that we're like, we're not just a business. We're a family. I want my partners yeah. to feel like they're in a family. That's all the kind of stuff that I try to like do with my family. I also do with my business. And then I roll the stuff I learn in my business back into my family life. So I'm like teaching my kids about saving money. Like, hey, let me show you how this looks. Let me show you how enticing it is when you get this big chunk of money. Yeah. What do you think I should do with that? And they'll look at it and they're like, oh my gosh, there's so much we could do. And I'm like, yeah, tell, let me show you what we're going to do. Yeah. 
This goes in savings. This goes on a management reserve. This goes to paying people. This goes to taking care of your staff. This goes, look what's left, dude. And they're just like, oh, I'm like, but you see how we did all the things we're supposed to do first? Yeah. Right. Because those things, those are obligations you have to other people. You have to take care of other people first. Absolutely. Click, 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 click. click. They get it. Yeah. It's not just about sort of the me, me, you know, I'll leave, you know, leave that to later or, um, I I know. It's all about service to other people. Yeah. And making sure. If you own a business, you are there to serve other people. Yeah. You will never succeed in business if you don't, if you're not invested, it's at least in a service business, if you're not invested in serving other people. Right. So I want them to see that it's always about service to other people. And if you do that genuinely, it works out well. If you don't do it genuinely, it won't work out well, won't, won't, won't work, work out well for you. And you'll have problems with relationships, which yeah. is exactly, I show them situations like that. I had a, a business partner that, um, that passed away uh, this last year Sorry, and I showed yeah. them like, Hey, let me show you what happens when you lose a significant person yeah. in your life and in your business like this. And the, the effect it has on their family and your family and all these things. I wanted them to see that because they have to understand like there's some risk in this. Yeah. Right. And what does that look like? And what, but it's different when you feel it, you taste it, you know, you see it. It's different than if someone just talks to you about it. And the other thing is I chose to go from, I chose to do what I'm doing in training for a reason, Right. I want to, I want to, I want to help develop people. I want to see other entrepreneurs succeed because of the things I learned when I, when I went out on my own and did these things. Yeah. So a lot of like me serving people through Merino training was to show them like, Hey, you can do this. It's a lot of coaching. It's like me helping them establish a new area of their business that they may not have a lot of confidence in. Yeah. They may not, uh, they may need some help in, they need a confidant, they need someone to talk to, they need someone to work with. It's already been down that road. I can save them some time, yeah. effort, energy, worry, risk, all that stuff. And, you know, I built the business to, to serve them in that way, just like I want to do with my family. So yeah, I tell them like, if you want to work with someone that's disinvested in you, I'm your guy. If you want someone that's not invested in you, I welcome you to work with someone else and tell me how great it is when you're done because yeah, <laughs> it's a hard road it's when you don't have that, that, you know, that person in your corner. It's, and that's, you know, yeah. one of the things that um, I found is, you know, definitely success leaves clues. Um, so, yeah. you know, being able to learn from that. people that have, have, you know, achieved the things that you're after. It's like, well, you know, um, it doesn't have yeah. to be as hard, as hard as it, of it, you know, it could be if you um, just yeah. look for those examples. Um, it could be, you know, in terms of whether it's, you know, fatherhood or in terms of, you know, career or business. Um, and, you know, that's why I, I love speaking to to older people because, you know, the wisdom and knowledge that they have um, about, you know, in terms of their own journeys, it's like, wow, there's there's always something I can pick up um, and being open-minded to, to just learn mm. and, and when you have that, you know, I've, I found in terms of when you have that support corner or that person that, you know, you mentioned to be there through that, that journey with you, it can really sort of help put yeah. you along um, those times where, you know, you, you can't see a way out of, you know, where you're at, where you're at. Yeah. And it, it, you know, a lot of it's like learning how to manage your confidence 
Yep. Um, you know, be, just being an honest, open, good human being, yep. you know, I mean, it's like stuff people think is soft, but you'd be shocked how many times I taught people. I'm like, Hey man, you know, let's talk about what it means to like, go ahead, ask me a question with something, you know, I don't know. I will willingly tell you, I don't know it. Like yeah. you're constantly learning. You're constantly evolving. You're constantly growing. If you're working with people, work with people that have that mentality because you'll get, you'll get the best uh, experience with people like that. And they're genuine, right? So, you know, whether it be my kids or my, or my clients or my business partners or whoever, yeah. I want them to see that, you know, what they get from me. I'm, if I'm telling you it's because I actually believe that yeah. because I've experienced it and I learned it. It's not just me like shooting from the hip. If I don't know something, I will show you that in a heartbeat. I will tell you, I don't know. Yeah. You know, there's no, there's nothing wrong with not knowing something, you know, it, there's yeah. a mis, there's a lot of misconception out there because like, Oh, you have a doctorate. Oh, you've, you know, well, yeah, we should just, you know, they probably think they know everything. Yeah. No, nah, dude, people that, that have really done that the right way, they'll tell you how much they don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I learned more about what I don't know. Yeah. Going through that process. You come out the other side, completely humbled. You're like, okay, it's, there's way more to everything than I initially thought. And uh, anyone who comes out the backside of that, that doesn't like on an ego trip, yeah. will tell you like, there's far more out there that you don't know than you know. Oh, uh, right? definitely. And and I guess that's where in terms of like, one of the habits that have formed over the years is like reading a book. Even yeah. if it's 10 pages a day, it's like there's wealth and knowledge in these pages that in terms of, you know, I'll just pick a topic that in terms of I'm interested in or really curious on and there's always something to learn. Um, yeah. And I think if we can always stay open-minded to, to you know, yeah. to learning, you know, and not thinking that we know it all, um, probably get a lot more out of yeah. life than being closed in just what we think or perceive that it, you know, is meant to be. Um, Especially and, as an expert in a field. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not, a real expert in the field will tell you there's so much that has never been touched that has yet to be discovered that they that they that they haven't had a chance to learn yet. Yeah. Um, now, the the uh, the body of things they have learned and experienced is vast, but it's not everything. Correct. People that have that kind of understanding of the world and business and, and things understand that there are no absolutes yeah. and you can't possibly have done everything and known everything. Um, but the things you have done and the things you have learned and the wisdom you have gained, man, you should be sharing that with, with the world or you're actually cutting other people short. You know, yeah. you're, you're, you're doing them a disservice by not helping them when they, when, of course, when they want it and need it. Yeah. No, absolutely. And that's a great thing about, I guess, what we have in terms of technology in that is that we're so yeah. vastly available um as well we're able to have conversations like you know you're in in the united states and i'm in in australia and we're able to have a conversation and um you know even just having this conversation we're I'm like 12 hours going, apart yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> nuts man i can't believe that yeah. that's great and so with you know your the business that you're so people in, what do you see like the greatest challenge? I know one thing you mentioned before was confidence. Um, but what, what are some, some big challenges that you see? Yeah. Mindset's huge. I mean, I'm not a mindset coach and I don't, uh, I, 
I have to work on that all the time because especially as a solo, a solopreneur, when you first start out, if you're on your own, like I have, I have the, I have the luxury now of having a handful of people that are permanent staff in my company. Right. So I'm not alone, alone anymore, but in many ways, I'm still very much alone because I'm the CEO. I'm running this from behind my desk, doing my work while they do their work. And it's still a very, you know, there's, there's no other CEO sitting next to me. I can just reach out and talk to Right. So you, you have to learn that mindset is, is something every entrepreneur struggles with it first. And I know I just got done saying there are no absolutes. And then I turn around and say, everyone's doing something, (laughs) but I challenge you to find the entrepreneur that is like, Oh no, I never got in my own way. I never, I never made a mistake. I always thought about things the right way. Now, the reality is no one's more critical of your work than you are. And I think the mindset part is one of the larger challenges. And it's also one of the things I think that a good coach or a good uh, client to, to, to service or client to consultant or client to coach relationship should have is some form of that kind of interdependency. So like when I hire a coach, I'm specifically looking for someone that knows those areas that I don't know. Right. They can shore up my weaknesses. Right. So where are they? If I'm honest with myself in my own business, where are those weaknesses? How do I bring people in to help me fortify that and build that up and get better with that in my own life? Yeah. Well, it's the same way with clients. Right. So I have clients that'll say, hey, I'm I want to get I want to launch a line of courses. Okay. well, they're an expert in something. And they're very confident in that thing, but they're not confident in like getting a business off the ground, like a whole new business line, like online or in-person courses and how to package it and deliver it and integrate it with all their other products. And how does this work for time commitments and everything and the technology? They're just like, they're overwhelmed pretty quickly. So I tell them like, look, you don't have to be overwhelmed when you have me. I'm here to help you with that. Yeah. And I'm here to talk to you and find the parts that maybe make you a little uneasy or um, make you make you feel like, you know, maybe you're not quite sure about that just yet. I have one person that literally they need someone to help them just manage the chaos of that business line as one of the primary functions. So with that client, we spent a lot of time just on the project management side of it. Like you're going to go create your content. I'm going to guide you on what you need to do, how to do it. And then I'm going to organize it for you. I just want you to go execute. That makes that person's life 10 times better. So the reason we have that good relationship is because they're aware of what they need. And so I think the biggest problem that I find with like people in my space and me included is that sometimes we have a hard time just stepping back for a minute and thinking, where do I need help? And then going and seeking that and actually being serious about resolving that because it usually involves some type of commitment, right? Like hiring a coach or having an accountability partner or just being integrated into a network or a group of people that are experiencing something similar to you that you can, you can kind of expose yourself a little bit and let your guard down and be honest about. I mean, I've never walked into a room full of entrepreneurs and said, who here is like an expert on pricing products? And seen a hand go up like no, like it's like there's certain things that people str- like are like, I've got it nailed, but I'm still not 100%, 100% confident yeah, yeah, in, you know? Yeah. You can see it like when you go in these rooms and someone comes in as a guest speaker. If it's something that everyone kind of 
wants to get better at. You can see the pens going and the eyes and the questions. And, you know, that's, that's a sign that you need that kind of help at that, in that area in your business. Right. Yeah. And I guess it's being vulnerable and open to, to stand up and say, yeah, this is what I do need. You know, this is the support that I'm after. Um, because we go so much further by, you know, being vulnerable and, and open than sort of hiding back and, and, you know, pretending that we've got it sorted, but then really we don't and it becomes more stressful and then other things, um, you know, uh, in in terms of causes. I like to turn that around too a little bit Yeah, because I think people are like, oh, you know, and and you're right. You have to be vulnerable. Right. But I think some people struggle with that as a concept for them. Yeah. So I tell them you have to be strong. Where, where's the strength in, in hiding from the thing you need help with. How is that strong? And they're like, Oh, I'm like being strong is, is getting that sales, that coach. Like I had, I had to go get a sales coach. I was like, I I need help with this. The, 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 me demonstrating my strength was contacting someone and saying, can you help me with this? Right? Like I had to be vulnerable to, to do that. Right. Yeah. But I also had to be strong. So you want to show me you're a strong business owner, show me your, your network of people that help that you go to for help. Yeah. And if you can't show me that, you're cutting yourself short. You're not as strong a business owner as you thought you were. Yeah, no, no, definitely. And I guess that's where yeah. that that saying of you know the five people that you spend the most time with is a reflection of who you are. I guess that'd be the same in you know, <laughs> yeah. that, that business environment. It's like if you've got the five best sort of mentors or coaches or or people that have uh, you know stepped where you want where you want to go, that'll definitely show in in terms of you know the way that you conduct yourself as, as well as in terms of your, you know, the achievements or results that you get. Um, yeah. so yeah, no, definitely. And so, um, I want to finish up on, on one question, uh, that, uh, you know, uh, will be interesting. So if, um, there was one thing that you could instantly change in the world, uh, that, you know, you believe that is really important to be addressed, um, you know, what would that, what would that one change be? Yeah, this one's a, this one's a tough one. Cause there's so many things that need to be fixed, addressed. And when you think about it, like what's the one lever you could switch that would make so many of those better. Yeah. And I think that is if people just were good human beings to other people, man, would so many other things change? Like it doesn't matter if it's politics or if it's like, nation to nation conflicts or resolving hunger or homelessness or whatever you pick the thing that people are going to be negatively impacted in at some point it takes interaction between two humans to get a lot of that stuff fixed because it's so much bigger than individuals they're societal problems right so how do you get society to solve its problems in a better way i think you just have to like people have to stop and be good humans to other people and i i think that that's easier said than done because some people just generally don't exhibit that type of behavior yeah. very easily. Um, but I refuse to believe that people just wake up in the morning wanting to fail. Yeah, definitely. You know, it was one of the bigger things that I focused on with leadership when I was in the military was I, the people that were definitely not suited for that life and they definitely weren't going to make it in that it was too hard for them. Yeah. But I didn't think that they woke up wanting to fail. Yeah. They just couldn't get out of their own way. And I would ask them, what is it? What is it that you woke up today and you figured that was a good decision? 
You know, and when you and when you study root cause analysis and you start looking at the things that really cause some of the things in life that we're trying to turn around. Yeah. If you stop with blaming people, you'll never find the real root cause. There's something that influenced that person to make that decision. Yeah. So when I say like be a good human being to other people, it's like take a moment to actually think logically through the decisions in your life and how you're going to help other people and lift other people up in a way that also lifts you up. And if everyone was doing that, I think society would be much better off. So if I could flip a switch, I would say I want like better like I just want people to take a moment to think about what they're actually saying and doing yeah. that impacts other people. And like, just do that. Just do the right thing. Like just flip that switch and like be a good person to other people. Yeah. And the world would be a better place. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> I, I um, couldn't agree with you more. Um, yeah, I think that if we just took a moment to, to, uh, to think and understand that, that that other person is experiencing what they're experiencing because of something that's, happen to them or there's some conditioning or whatever it may be, not because necessarily I don't think anyone really wants to be a bad person. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's definitely a, a great, uh, thing to be able to, to make a difference in the world. So I, I want to thank you again yeah. for your time and yeah, being, uh, you know, sharing your story and in terms of, you know, the uh, knowledge of, having been that great example to you, to your kids and, and what you've been able to pass on and that. So, yeah, thank you very much uh, for coming on today on the resilient. No, thank you, Pat. Yeah. I I appreciate the opportunity. Um, I am um, grateful that there are people like you doing what you're doing because you have created a platform that is making people, that's making people better. So, you you know, it's a little bit of selfless work and I understand that about what you do. But I wanted to like thank you for having this as a thing because I wouldn't be sitting here talking about these things if you didn't have a show about it. I, um, yeah. And that's really cool that you do yeah. that. Uh, I, I really appreciate that. You're helping a lot of yeah. people. Uh, I, yeah, that means a lot. You um, you saying that, and yeah, I I just hope that it does this platform and the examples like yourself are able to to show other people what what is possible, um, and that we don't have to just succumb to to what is the norm or what, what's accepted. Yeah. So yeah. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Thank Thanks. you.